And we're back with episode 14 of Dog Football Weekly. It's your host, Reed, with the co-host, Russ. And today, folks, we have a very special guest from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, Mr. Chip Towers. Mr. Chip, how are you doing today? Hey, I'm doing fantastic. Honored to be on your podcast. Yes, sir. Well, let's get right into it. Russ, let me, we just want to ask you a couple questions. Do you know any 2023 impact players you see in that recruiting class making an immediate impact on the field? Oh, gosh, man. You guys are like all the young – you want to know about the recruiting right away. Yes, sir. Uh, everybody everybody wants to know uh, – It's you know, it's interesting. I'll answer your question in just a second. But, um, you know, it, it, there are always impact players in the freshman class. But it's never as much as people, you know, generally think. You know, it's a, and it's not always uh, the returnees as well. You know, we tend to look how many players have got returning. You know, eleven starters uh, uh, on offense and defense, or six on offense, five on defense, or whatever it is, and you sort of uh, decide, you know, how good you think the team is going to be from there, and then you immediately default to the freshman and who's going to come in right away. Yes, sir. Generally, what gets forgotten about is the ones in between there, right? It's yes, sir. The ones, it's those four stars and five stars and three stars in some cases that have been signed in the last two or three classes that have been sweating and working in the wings, you know, kind of in anonymity. But, um, you know, that said, there's, you know, this this is a great class. Uh, obviously, I, I actually don't follow recruiting is we have Jeff Sintel with Dog Nation and, and some other people who kind of they're pulled down. So the, the way it works, the AJC is kind of when they become Georgia Bulldogs, then I kind of, you know, yes, then they become my guys in, in a way. But obviously I keep up with the recruiting and it's been unbelievable uh, every year under Kirby Smart. I mean, I think this is the seventh consecutive year they've had a class ranked fourth or higher uh, in the national ratings. And uh, so you're signing good players when you do that. And I'm gonna, I knew you were going to ask me this question, mainly because, thank you, Reed, you gave me a heads up on some of the things you might ask. Yes, sir. But, uh, but I'm going to throw you a little bit of a curveball here. I am going to guess, they call it a hot take maybe, that the make perhaps the player to have the greatest impact in Georgia's class of 2023 could be the place kicker that they just signed, Peyton Woodring. Um, I believe his name is. Am I yes, saying sir. that right? That's, uh, that's his right name. I yeah, yeah, you know, number one kicker in the country. My understanding is Jared Zirkel, who's a returning kicker, uh, is not necessarily a, a lock. So when you talk about impact, you're generally talking about scoring or, uh, or, or uh, in, uh, you know, impact plays, obviously. Somebody who can make um, – uh, you know, a plays of significance. And I, I, you know, I think there's a chance there'll be a pretty good battle there between him and Jared Zirkel. Yes, sir. Uh, but, you know, the obvious, the other guys are, are uh, uh, you know, I, I do think uh, Big Baby, isn't it? Uh, Jordan, uh, Jordan, Jordan Hall, the D-lineman. big kid from Texas. Yes, yeah, sir. He's gonna, there's going to be some opportunities uh, inside. I think somewhere along the lines of what you saw from Michael Williams this past year, uh, yes, defensive linemen don't generally line up and just, uh, you know, make a huge impact right away. It takes a minute, but uh, I think you could see something from him. And I love the the linebacker, um, Raylan Wilson. I believe his name is. Yes, sir. Yeah, you know, he's six one two twenty five. And but what 
gets me is the modern day linebacker. When you think about guys like Nicobe Dean and and all the RPO that everybody's running, uh, a guy like Ray, uh, Raylan Wilson, who I understand is running a ten nine one hundred meters, um, hmm. is, is really important. They're going to need some backup help uh, in there. I think they're pretty solid, obviously, with uh, Jamon Dumas Johnson and uh, and Small Munden. But uh, uh, but you you know you got to play at least three to four there, and uh, I think there's an opportunity for that kid that's that's just a few of my things yes, uh, I'll be, you know anybody else you you think i'll be glad to oh I, you know here's probably the most impactful player though um and he's not from the class of 23 necessarily but i would say dominic lovett yes sir. um the slot back coming from missouri uh i mean that guy yeah we, i don't know what the status of rah rah thomas is right now or, or how that's going to shake out with uh, with a with a legal situation, but there's no question Dominic Lovett was recruited here, and Ra Ra Thomas both. But yeah, he's the type of guy uh, who I believe is going to have a major impact on the offense right away. Yes, sir. I think Samuel Impimba. I don't know how to say his name really. He's from the IMG Academy. I yeah. think really those the edge position on this defense hadn't really been talked about a whole lot on who's going to play it because yeah. Jalen Walker saw a lot of stat a lot of snaps there last season. And he's really yeah. – he's kind of on the depth chart. He's an inside linebacker, but he played the majority of the snaps with Chambliss. And you lose you lose Nolan Smith, obviously. You lose Robert Beal. So, to me, your two edge guys are going to be huge this year. I think Marvin Jones Jr., obviously he's going, going to go through surgery. And so he'll miss spring practice. So that's why I think a guy like Mpemba or even Raylan Wilson could play on that edge a little bit to start the yeah. year. That is a very important position. What people don't realize on that, uh, on Georgia's head position in, in, in particular, and this is where they really miss Nolan Smith, it, it's, there's a lot of uh, idiosyncrasies to it. It's a lot. People think uh, he's, he's on the edge, so he's going to rush the quarterback. And Georgia's edge guys do so much more than that. Yes, sir. They drop into coverage. They provide the edge for the, uh, against the run game, um, and, and they get after the quarterback. I mean, they have so many responsibilities. And and uh, Georgia's defense in particular, um, you know, they do a lot of zone blitz and stuff, and so you'll be looking like you're coming, but the next thing you know, you're dropping in coverage. Sometimes he'll be taking the middle third or, or the middle half, you know, uh, in in coverage. That's a that's a complicated position to play, and, and Georgia's going to be missing a lot of experience in, in Nolan Smith and Robert Beal, you know, a sixty year guy. Yes, sir. Well, another question we had to ask for you. Obviously, Georgia offered another four-star quarterback this week, Jake Merklinger. What does that – my question for you is, what does that mean about the status of Dylan Rayola, the number one player, and why do you think Georgia went after another guy in this class? Well, you know, I, I think if you see, it's, it's just – it's vintage Kirby Smart. I mean, if you look at that, he's never going to get stuck out there flapping in the wind, um, waiting on somebody that he wanted to get and not have him. Um so I think that's what it is. And, you know, it, it actually turns up the heat on Dylan as well. Yes, sir. But, you know, you let him know that, hey, we're Georgia, man. We're not, you know, we'd love to have you and you're our number one guy. But, you know, we're not going to put all our chips on the table for you necessarily nowadays with NIL and everything else. And there probably is something to that. And, um, you know, I, I think Georgia is – well set at quarterback you know as it is you know again we were talking about impact and rarely are you going to see any impact from a true freshman quarterback 
I mean, those are guys that doesn't mean that they're not great, but there's just if you're starting a true freshman at quarterback, you probably got some problems. Yes, sir. Um, and so, you know, I, I know one of your questions that Reed was talking about getting to was uh, was was at the quarterback position, and and I, I I don't think there's any question at all that Carson Beck is going to be your guy in week one and game one. Now, if he stays the guy after that, is going to be up to Carson Beck. Um, and the reason I say that, Carson Beck had every opportunity in the world to transfer out. And in the in the age that we're in now with NIL and everything else, um, you know, agreements have to be made. And, I mean, I, this is not – Kirby hasn't told me this or anything like that. But, I mean, uh, for Carson to have hung around as long as he did, uh, I'm sure he did so with it, like Stetson Bennett did last year with the understanding you're going to be number one. Yes, sir. People, you know, everybody, we talk about Stetson Bennett and what he did last year, and Stetson was fantastic. Uh, one of the greatest stories in the history of college athletics and the college football, for sure, in my opinion. But one of the reasons he was able to play as well as he was able to play was he had an entire year going back to last year after they won the national championship in 2021 to operate as the number one quarterback, being Todd Munkin's main man, going over every single thing that you could possibly go over to be the quarterback uh, and leading all the sessions, taking all the snaps, that kind of thing. Carson Beck has asked for the same uh, sort of allegiances this year, and he'll get that. And listen, but Brock, it doesn't mean Kirby would never say he's going to be our guy, right? Yes, sir. He's going to say it's an open competition. Any one of those three guys could win it, and they could. But right for me, I'm putting my money on Carson Beck going into that first game and that first week. But then after that, it's going to be up to him, right? Uh, how well is he performing? Because Brock Vandegrift brings a lot of stuff to the table, and and you know all of those guys do. Gunnar Stockton does as well. So you know there won't be any dilly dallying about it. But I expect Carson Beck to be the guy. Well, you know, with a with a quarterback change this year. What what is the status for Brock Bowers? You think on um, production wise? Well, I guarantee you, all the quarterbacks are excited about it. I mean, the good thing about Brock Bowers, um, two things. Number one, uh, uh, he and, and Stetson Bennett probably don't get enough credit um, for how they operated. In, in, in other words. Georgia was uh, at a pretty high level of sophistication when it comes to the RPO. Like, Brock, Brock Bowers is not lining up out there with one route. Yeah. Yes, sir. Uh, sir. You know, it's not like, yeah, you're going to run the drag on this play. Occasionally that might happen, but usually there are choices. And the quarterback and the, and the tight end have to be on, on the same wavelength where that goes. And uh, so Brock and Stetson had a great marriage, and that's where that's what Carson Beck – and Brock Bowers are working on right now, this week, probably today. Yes, sir. Uh, is on being on the same page and all that stuff. But Brock Bowers being back on this team uh, is going to help make any of those quarterbacks look really, really good. Because generally, you're not throwing a low percentage ball to a tight end, especially one like Brock Bowers. I mean, it's like get it in his general circumference, and you should be in pretty good shape. So uh, yeah, yeah, you're gonna hear a ding dong here as I walk out of my door. Yes, sir. I my car, pick up my son, but uh, 
Um, so I apologize for the noise, but uh, yeah, having Brock Bowers back, you know, as well as those linemen and Oscar Dell, uh, is going to mean a lot for Georgia's offenses next year. What do you think? How do you think Georgia will use Oscar Delp this season? Because obviously last year we saw him use two tight ends a lot, and they even used some thirteen personnel with three tight ends. Yeah. But what do you do? You see, kind of, not I don't want to call him a Darnell Washington role because Darnell did so much more for this team than just catch passes. But yeah. how would you? What do you expect to see from him, and how do you think he'll be used? Well, he'll be used a lot. You know, I mean, I you know I think Georgia showed the world. Uh, Ends should be utilized in, in you know modern day and uh, and uh, Oscar Delp and and uh, uh, excuse me I was going to say Darnell Washington the thing, what's going to be interesting to me is they're so physically different right I mean yes, nobody's sir. like Darnell Washington he's like nobody else in the world uh, you know he's a big huge guy really stands six foot eight I mean he's over six foot seven and can move like he can absolutely devastating blocker who improved exponentially the last couple of years in his uh, ability to be a receiver. Um, Oscar Delp is different. Oscar Delp is much more like... It's going to be interesting to me to see how they utilize him. Now, they'll use a lot of 12 and they'll both be on the field, but, you know, the way Brock played, it's it's almost... Uh, it's almost an insult just to call him a tight end because a lot of times he was flexed out. Uh, or like an H bag. They they have a they call it a, uh, his positions. I think is F uh, G uh, H back. You know, so, uh, and, and the Z. So he can yes, be sir. playing anywhere down. And that's what you're going to see about Brock Bowers again. So it's a. Uh, it's Oscar Delp, and forgive me, I, I can't even think of who any of the other tight ends are. I guess Goaty and Cedar have, have moved on. You have and, uh, Pierce Sperlin. Be some snaps for some other guys, too. Yes, sir. You have Pierce Sperlin coming in and Lawson Lucky. Those are your two guys. Plus, they have yeah. um, Deuce Robinson, the baseball guy who hasn't committed yet. He's – Jordison has a good shot at landing him, too, which that'd be three top 100 players in the class. At the tight end yeah, position, I, I think uh, if I'm a tight end, Georgia's be a place I'd want to end up right now. Yes, at sir. Least as long as Todd Munkin's around, right? Yes, sir. Russ, you got any, you got any more questions? Um, the uh, the running backs. Who who do you think takes most of you know? Kenny McIntosh did a lot of receiving for the Bulldogs this year. Who do you yeah. see being a receiving back? Yeah, I mean, I think it's definitely Dejon Edwards. And, uh, you, you know, I mean, certainly Branson Robinson is going to get some stuff. And I'm like everybody else. I mean, I, I really have no idea what Georgia has in Andrew Paul. Yes, I, mean, sir. I don't think they know what they have in Andrew Paul, really, because, you know, he comes in, gets his knee torn, and, and, you know, he's in rehab right away. And that's just a position you can't get out there and show a lot until you're 100%. And that's going to be, you know, this this late this summer before he's back to that. So, um but I think Dejon Edwards is a guy. Again, um, I, I think sometimes we underplay uh, the important. If, if there is a position where a freshman can make an impact, it's a running back. But in particular, what you're talking about is in the passing game. Yes, and sir. Dejon Edwards is going to be the guy who can line up and a know what to do. All right, and then b to catch the ball. He's been pretty good. 
it had been great um, at catching the ball out of the backfield. Listen, Kenny McIntosh was, uh, you know, one of a kind playmaker. When it comes to that. Um, so it'll be interesting to see uh, uh, how Dejon does it. Dejon's not that big of a dude. Um, you know, he's a smallish guy. So uh, can he be an every down back? I don't think he'll have to, but I think you'll see a little bit of Mr. Inside, Mr. Outside between him and Branson Robinson to start. Yes, sir. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Mr. Chip. We really enjoyed it. Yeah, send me a link to the podcast, and I'll uh, I'll send it out on uh, and Twitter, my other social media, and uh, you're always glad to, to help out the next generation of journalists. It sounds like you guys are doing a great job, and I appreciate you uh, having me on today. Yes, sir. Thank you so much, Russ. You want to close us out? We appreciate everybody for listening. That'll do us for this week. We'll be back around next week, and that'll be it.